all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. From MPB Think Radio, this is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens, when we discuss issues involving your children as they're growing up. I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, Professor of Pediatrics and Internal Medicine at UMMC and Program Director of the MedPeds Residency Program. Well, the Mississippi State Fair is just around the corner with tons of activities for you and your family. How can you make sure that your kids are safe while they're having fun? We'll be talking about all things fair today. We'd also like for you to share your most memorable fair experiences as a child with us. You can do that by calling us at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Or you can send an email to kidsandteens at mpbonline.org. This is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens from MPB Think Radio. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Lakshmi Singh. The governor of New Jersey tells MSNBC there is at least one fatality from today's train derailment in Hoboken at the height of this morning's commute. Up to 100 other people have been injured, several of them critically, after the New Jersey Transit train crashed into the Hoboken terminal. We have the latest on this from NPR's Joel Rose. Mark Cardona was at the Hoboken terminal on his way to Wall Street when he saw the train approaching the end of the track. What I see is basically the train coming full force. It was almost a scene out of a movie. It was almost like a runaway train and went straight over the platform. The train crashed into the platform, causing extensive damage to the station and injuring dozens of people. There was no immediate word on what caused the crash. Investigators from the Federal Railroad Administration are on the scene. The National Transportation Safety Board leads the investigation and is sending a team. Joel Rose, NPR News. Democrat Hillary Clinton is in the Midwest today. Her Republican rival, Donald Trump, campaigns in New Hampshire, echoing their messages on trade, job growth, and national security. They're each trying to reach out to undecided voters and to shore up support among those who've been leaning their way. Meanwhile, libertarian presidential hopeful Gary Johnson is trying to bounce back from another foreign policy gaffe on national television. NPR's Scott Horsley reports, Johnson seemed to have trouble naming a single foreign leader he admires. After fumbling a question about the war-ravaged Syrian city of Aleppo earlier this month, Gary Johnson said he would have to get smarter. But the former New Mexico governor suffered another brain freeze, as he called it, when pressed by MSNBC's Chris Matthews to name a foreign leader he admires. Canada, Mexico, Europe over there, Asia, South America, Africa, name a foreign leader that you respect. I guess I'm having an Aleppo moment in the former former president of Mexico. But I'm giving you the whole world. I know, I know. With some prompting from his running mate, William Weld, Johnson was able to recall the name of former Mexican President Vicente Fox. Johnson's polling around 7% national though he enjoys stronger support from young voters. Scott Horsley, NPR News, Washington. The Syrian government and its Russian ally are pressing ahead with an assault on a rebel-held area of Aleppo. That decision is now prompting the United States, which supports members of the Syrian opposition, to consider stronger military options. 
should diplomacy fail to revive a truce. Meanwhile, members of the Syrian opposition are now reporting airstrikes on the last remaining bakery to feed the residents of Anadan, which is north of Aleppo. Many people have already fled that area after several airstrikes. However, about 2,000 people are believed to have stayed behind. U.S. stocks are trading lower. Dow losing 40 points. It's at 18,298. The Nasdaq is off 23 at 5295. S&P's down 4 at 2166. You're listening to NPR News. There's been another round of terror arrests in Spain, the fourth this week. Lauren Freyer has the latest from Madrid. The latest suspects are three Moroccans and an Argentine, all arrested in Madrid. They've been well known to Spanish authorities. They were arrested two years ago and then released awaiting trial and now have been detained again. Spain's interior ministry says they violated bail and continued to finance terror operations and radicalize recruits to fight with ISIS and al-Qaeda in the Middle East. They're accused of sending 11 fighters to Iraq and Syria, departing from Spain and Morocco. The suspects were allegedly part of a cell called the El Andalus Brigade. Gate, named for the era between the 8th and 15th centuries when Muslims ruled Spain. For NPR News, I'm Lauren Freyer in Madrid. A wildfire threatening hundreds of structures in a remote area of the Santa Cruz Mountains in California is growing. Firefighters say the blaze has charred more than six square miles, and it's about 20 percent contained. Evacuation orders are in effect in Santa Clara County, but they have been lifted in Santa Cruz County. More economic data out today. Government reporting the U.S. economy expanded at a slightly faster pace in the spring than previously reported. Commerce Department saying that the gross domestic product expanded at an annual pace of 1.4 percent from April to June. On unemployment, the Labor Department says weekly claims for jobless insurance rose by 3,000 to a seasonally adjusted 254,000. The less volatile four-week average uh, dropped slightly to 256. I'm Lakshmi Singh, NPR News. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include LegalZoom, dedicated to providing legal help to all Americans through online services, personal customer support, and legal advice through independent attorneys. Legal help is at LegalZoom.com. Catch up on past episodes and hear any of the MPB programs you've missed on the MPB Public Radio app. Available on iTunes and Google Play. Listen live to MPB Think Radio and MPB Music Radio. Search MPB Public Radio. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting. I'm Terry Gross. Listen to Fresh Air weekdays at 3 on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Southern Remedy Kids and Teens on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can always email your comments and questions to kidsandteens at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Good morning. Welcome to Southern Remedy Kids and Teens on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart. Professor of Pediatrics and Internal Medicine at UMMC and Program Director of the MedPeds Residency Program. Well, fall is officially here as fall as it gets in Mississippi and the South, uh, but I'm excited about it. I don't know about you, but it's nice to have a little bit lower humidity and a little bit lower temperatures. And with that, we have the fair season. Now, not just the Mississippi State Fair, but also the Mid-South Fair going on in Memphis right now. 
There's lots of activities that you can get involved in. I know that's the final weekend of the Mid-South Fair, and everybody's sort of revving up for that. Mississippi State Fair about to start. It starts, I believe, on October the 5th, which is a Wednesday running through the 16th. And I'm sure there's lots of families out there, lots of kids that are excited about the opportunities for food and fun. We'll talk more about that in just a little while. Sometimes when you're having fun, you forget about the potential dangers that you can run into. So we'll be talking about how to stay safe doing just that. And we would love to hear about your best fair experiences as a child. So give us a call this morning with any kind of questions about safety issues or pointers that you might have from maybe some past experiences. You can reach us this morning by calling one eight seven seven mpb ring that's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, or you can send an email to kids and teens at mpbonline.org. So, just a little bit, you know, of the Mississippi State Fair. I know we got a lot of fairs in the southeast, and maybe you got some uh, some family that lives in other states uh, that you go to. That's a great way to show them just the experiences of fall fair experience. I mean, that's a great thing to do uh, if you're, uh, if, if you're have family in other places that you can visit, but just a little bit of history about the Mississippi state fair, did a little digging in the Mississippi archives. And, uh, you know, the fair has been around in one way or another, it's earliest, uh, uh, if you want to call it a, a gathering of, of what looked like the fair, was way back in 1858. And that's incredible if you think about it, 158 years of history. Now, not obviously there's things that happen from time to time, and you may have smaller gatherings than others, but uh, and really this, the state fair as we know it today really started to develop early in the 1900s, uh, even meeting inside the old Capitol, which had been um, uh, abandoned at one point around 1904. So it's got a lot of good history. Of course, most of the state fairs uh, in the United States developed as a way to showcase uh, agricultural goods. Uh, it was uh, more of commerce and, uh, and showing who had the best stuff. Um, and that's still a big uh, deal today. But then it sort of morphed into a lot of rides and fun activities for the kids and um, lots of different things that you can partake in. And everybody's got their own favorite part of the fair. I know for me early on, I was a little bit uh, hesitant about some of the rides and that sort of changed once I became a teenager. But I love the food. I mean, who doesn't like fair food? We all know it's bad for you. You know, it's one time a year, but it's there. And it's, I don't know what they, but there's something in that food that really captures you and it's addictive. Right, it's Jay? Deep, deep fried everything. Deep fried everything. That's actually it. one of our segments today. Is called think deep fried egg everything. Right. Think yeah. of it. You can think of it, and it's edible. Not we'll only throw it in the fryer. Not not only is that like I mean that's a that's something that I think there's a there's a friendly competition going on to see what can you fry. So you can fry. Oreos. You can, of course, you can fry chicken or not just chicken. We're talking about turkeys and those turkeys that obviously were on some type of steroids, whether those are natural <laughs> or unnatural, because they're big. I mean, you can use these things as weapons at the state fair. So, right, yeah. uh, you know, all those fried things, but Oreos, uh, fried donuts. Uh, fried hamburgers, like the, they, like they'll have a hamburger sandwich with donuts as that have bun. been with the bun has yeah. been fried. So what? So there'll be plenty think, of medical I think attention. I fried Snicker bars. Yes, in the I last did see that. Years. I did see that. I can't. Uh, I used to could eat a lot of that. Can't eat it much anymore. Some of us here uh, in the radio area of MPB will usually take one lunch day while the fair is in the Jackson area, and uh, we'll we'll go and have lunch there, and uh, eventually 
some people will challenge some of the other people to eat something <laughs> to be unnamed that is, right uh, right that is it is that is irresponsible yeah. to even look at <laughs> so uh you don't want to broadcast uh what day that is cuz obviously the programming right after that is going to be a little different than Auto-pilot. it probably was yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh and there may need to be some premedication uh for that activity as well so uh, but the food is a big deal. Food is a big deal for Mississippi. I can remember early on uh, when I came on faculty in, at, at UMC, and uh, you know, one of my focuses is, is hypertension. So I deal with high blood pressure in both kids and adults. And one of our mainstays of treatment uh, with hypertension is what you eat. And I started to advise families on what was best. You know, a lot of good data on lowering blood pressure through changing what you eat. And uh, I was sort of amazed at the reaction I got from some families. And I I guess I never had really considered that in Mississippi, much like other places in the South, if you're in Arkansas, Louisiana, uh, Alabama, Tennessee, it's probably the same. Food, particularly the kinds of foods that you eat, is who you are. And I think that's a little difficult from people at other parts of the nation to realize. It's a part of our history. It defines us. Uh, it tells about our our history and our families. And anytime you change that in some ways, I mean, that's a big deal. It's really an insult to somebody's <laughs> family if you tell them to change what they eat sometimes, even if it's better for their health. Uh, so obviously, food is a big part of the fair. Well, you you've got the toffee that everybody loves, or sure. taffy. I don't know, however you say it, but um, uh, they've got that one thing at the fair. They always make it fresh there every single year, and everybody loses their mind about that. But you've got some some. Uh, Healthy stuff too, sure. Relative sure. to the previous <laughs> items mentioned, anyway. Emphasis on relative, yeah, right? There's always some great vegetables. I know that they're the corn people always have some yeah. roasted corn that you can yeah. get, and that's all. That's amazing. Yeah, and maybe it really they dunk is. it in a huge butter bucket before they give it to you, but still, it's you not can deep request. Fried. You can request that. Actually, the Cattlemen's Association, Mississippi uh, Cattlemen's Association, they do a great job with their meats. Their their lean cuts. Oh yeah. Uh, and they have a great booth right there by the you know trademark building, uh, not the trademark building, but the uh, the long buildings where they have a lot of the, the, the livestock, livestock yeah. right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's plenty of there's plenty of options that you can choose from. Of course, some of those options are going to be loaded down with other stuff, but uh, <laughs> you can make it if you're on a special diet at the state fair. Either eat beforehand or be very picky about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're going to see a lot of stuff to eat. So the biggest thing about the state fair because it's so successful. You know, I can remember back in the 70s and 80s going to the fair, uh, we didn't have, we had maybe one, maybe two, uh, you know, that I can remember uh, musical uh, headliners that came and, and played, but not a whole lot. It seems like now, if you look at the schedule, it's every night that you have somebody, and these are big, uh, big names. Uh, that come to to state fairs and particularly Mississippi State Fair, so it's a big deal for no matter what your age is. But a lot of times, uh, because of that, because we have so many different things to do, uh, going to the fair as a family and staying together the whole time, a lot of families don't intend to do that. So having a plan is key. If you're coming in from out of town, have a plan for transportation there. Uh, parking is always challenging at the state fair. They've done a great job with uh, with getting a lot of the, the surrounding areas for uh, legitimate parking, I should say. Please, please, if, if you are parking on an on-ramp or highway, uh, <laughs> I would advise a 
against that for a number of reasons. For safety reasons, for yourself getting in and out of that vehicle, uh, for obstructing obstructing traffic. I mean, that's a big deal. We already have problems with that in Mississippi, uh, in in a lot of cases. So, uh, so transportation is one is one thing that you want to think about. And there's some there's some alternatives to parking on the fairgrounds proper. There's a lot of other surrounding lots uh, that you will pay for. Uh, almost all of them you're going to have to pay for, but. Uh, keep that in mind. Have a plan about where you're going to go when you get there. Have a plan about uh, how much money you're going to take to the fair. Uh, now there's lots of uh, there's lots of ways to access money at the fair, but uh, with ATM cards and and such. But you know, I, I would advise people because it can get out of hand. I, I hear stories about this in clinic with particularly with sort of middle uh, school age kids. Uh, spending hundreds of dollars at the fair, and you can do that very easily these days. Um, have a plan because that's a big deal. And you know what? Christmas is right around the corner, mm-hmm. so uh, you want to plan for that. Don't play the basketball game. <laughs> that's right. Obviously, Don't do it. Obviously, there's a lot of fun things that look fun. Uh, it looks like that you might, you know, be able to to uh, to put it through the hoop, even though you LeBron don't play. LeBron James is right. going to win that basketball game. He could game. not. It, no member of the NBA could do that. Uh, that basketball has eight thousand pounds. <laughs> PSI in it, and that goal is bent until it's it's like a it's an oval. It's an optical illusion. Yes, yes. David Copperfield designed those goals. <laughs> so uh, yeah, you you need to have some instruction for your kids. Don't let them run wild uh, with a lot of money because they'll they'll burn <laughs> through it really quickly. And I, you know we joke about that, but it's true. I mean that's uh, there's nothing worse than running out of money at the state fair uh, in midway through through your uh, scheduled activities that you want to do. We're talking about all things fair today. If you have any questions or concerns about uh, safety with your kids, or I, we really want to hear about your best fair experiences so that other people can, uh, can uh, excitedly anticipate that. And for our friends at the Mid-South Fair who are really looking forward to a final weekend day that they can enjoy it, Give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email us at kidsandteens at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back after this break. Big decision to make on November 8th. A date which will live. Ask not in, in what your Mr. Gorbachev. We will keep this promise to the American people. Be informed. Listen to this station every day. Today is Thursday, but you know what tomorrow is. It's Friday, and that means high school football. Hello, everyone. I'm Russ Robinson. Join me, Jay White, Jake Wimberly, George Broadstreet, and the whole gang as we bring you all the scores and the stories that make up high school football across the state of Mississippi. So join us tomorrow night at 10, right here on MPB Think Radio.
This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. You're listening to Southern Remedy Kids and Teens on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can always email your comments and questions to kidsandteens at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Welcome back to Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. I'm Dr. Jimmy, and we're talking about all things fair with the Mississippi State Fair right around the corner in the Mid-South Fair going on in Memphis. Uh, lots of fun activities. We would love to hear from you about your favorite fair experiences as a child or as an adult, for that matter. Well, keep it clean, folks. And uh, also, uh, anything that you have any questions about with safety of you and your family or some comments and suggestions, maybe based on some bad experiences that you had that you would have done different. Give us a call with all those things today at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can email us at kidsandteens at mpbonline.org. So planning, we were talking about uh, before the break, is a great thing to go ahead and have a plan. Part of that plan is... Uh, if you do, um, if, you're, if your family or your group is going to split up and do different things, uh, make sure that, that the younger kids have an appropriate chaperone with them. Uh, sometimes a 12-year-old for a 6-year-old is probably not the best chaperone. Uh, make sure that whoever the chaperone is, if it's a younger or, or if it's a if it's a child under the age of eighteen, that they know sort of what that they're responsible for those kids that are with them. Uh, have have at least a buddy system. Being by yourself at the fair, unfortunately, even with the security and precautions that they have, you just never know what's going to happen. Uh, with with everybody that's there because of the large crowds. So have a system uh, where if you're going to split up, that there's an appropriate chaperone and that you have a meeting time uh, that you're going to meet back somewhere and make sure that they know exactly where their uh, their emergency contacts are. And if uh, if they don't know your phone number, that's a great thing to either put in their pocket on a sheet of paper or uh, help them to, to memorize that as well. There's lots of places at the state fair that are uh, they're easy to see, that are well marked. Uh, if somebody has a uh, you know has an emergency, that they can they can stop off there and be helped by the appropriate personnel to get back in touch with you, or if they're having some health issues as well. So having a plan about that is a good idea as well. Um. So we talked about parking and traffic uh, as you come in and out of the fair. That's a, you know, the, it really comes down to have common sense about that. Um, letting your children run around at the fair, even during the daytime hours, that's just not a good idea. Um, staying together and being a part of the fun is always a lot better idea about that. You know, we have lots of activities at the fair, and some people just go for the rides. Of course, kids love those rides. Um, so... Um, we're going to um, take a break right now. Um, I just took a break earlier. So we're just going to take a – sorry, not going to take a break. Uh, wrong signal there. Um, so there's lots of activities you can you can be involved in. I know my kids 
Uh, both of them have been involved in 4-H in one form or fashion, and they have a great opportunity, even if you're not involved in that. It'd be great for your kids to see the 4-H competitions uh, with uh, animals uh, in the livestock areas, uh, whether that's sheep or goats. Uh, it's really fun to see those those shows and see those kids. And if they're not involved, a lot of people don't realize the scholarship money that's available for your kids um, in, in those areas. So there's literally thousands of dollars that they can earn by doing that. It teaches them some great people skills, uh, communication skills with adults and how to handle themselves, and a lot of responsibility that it teaches kids as well. So check that out in the livestock areas. Uh, just sort of meander through there. And that may not be your thing. You may be scared to death of those larger animals, but uh, it's always a good experience to expose your kids to different things like that. Uh, if you're not interested in that, don't forget about all the the car shows, arts and crafts, and hobbies. And again, these are great opportunities that you can uh, spend with your younger kids to uh, to tell them, to really show them about that together. And they may have some questions about different things. I know uh, years ago we had had a, uh, a friend of ours that lived near us that, uh, that raised bees for a living, and he was there at the, at the bee uh, uh, booth in the trademark and uh, with the honey uh, samples on the straws. That's always something nice to snack on. That's not too bad for you. Um, but it's really cool to, to talk to them and see the kids' faces really light up when they start talking about how do you – care for those bees can they be involved in different projects with that so it's it's take the time to do that your kids may not want to do that up front but you know that's a that's a good thing to expose them to to different things that maybe should can pique their their interest and that you may want to be involved with them in those things let's go to scott in pearl who has a fair memory for us good morning scott morning dr jimmy how you doing man good thank you for calling great i got a little family connection with you by the way my my mom and your your folks talked to, together at that at Outwoods. Kind of watched you grow up, man. I'm, oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I remember Miss Miss Tangy and Mr. Jimmy. Yeah, back yeah. in the day, and uh, especially on Sunday nights together. Oh <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I can remember those times well too. Had some great fair memories. It's amazing how how wild how, how big memories are from places like that. But it's uh, I remember pig races and. You know, all the biscuits and everything, taking the grandkids now, but the best memory I have of uh, of the fair, and hopefully he, he may even be listening today, but Jim Johnson was a social sociology teacher at, for seniors at uh, Wingfield High School in South Jackson for years and uh, still alive and kicking. But uh, he would take our senior class each fall. We would uh, take the kids from the Willowwood Developmental Center to the fair for an afternoon. And, uh, of course, that was big for us seniors to get to do, but it was we were so blessed by getting to, to work with that special group of kids and uh, have that time with them. And, it, of course, always, put, no matter what we felt like we were doing for them, we, we were blessed by it far more than what we did for them. So Sure. I bet they look forward to that every year, too, going with y'all. Oh, yeah. And it was a tradition, you know, the we got to do it one year, our, our senior year, but they looked forward to it every year because they knew some kids were going to, take some time up with them and of course it was a it was a big time of course everything you do at the fair you know is bigger than life sure sure when, you're, when you're younger too so oh, yeah. right about the music the music's always been great down there and i mean you got to see you know, just a couple of years ago i got to hear uh you know three dog night of all things you know <laughs> <laughs> and the, the spinners and you know yeah. way back in the blast from the past so to speak but you're right about the safety too there's a lot of issues that you know can come up 
and need to be addressed and proactively and that kind of thing. So I can remember when beer was flying left and right back down there, and you know, I, uh, you know, it was it was a. Yeah, I'm glad things are more controlled now than they once were back in the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That. I, I mean, also the, remember our midnight madnesses used to go to four in the morning, if you can believe that. I don't know if you remember that from your teen years, but yeah, uh, I, I, I didn't, survived a couple of those. I didn't quite uh, make it. I think one thirty was probably the latest that I that I went to one of those. Uh, so I didn't quite make uh, make that make it that long. But you're right; they did go a long way. So yeah, so y'all do a great job with the program and keep it up, man. All right. Thank you, Scott. Certainly a lot of memories that people make at the fair and uh, you, uh, with all the fun that goes on. And, you know, that's uh, th- those are good memories that last a lifetime and impact other people, particularly if you uh, if you're taking groups of people that wouldn't normally go to something like that. You, you just don't want to uh, to have anything else detract from the fun or steal the fun away from you. Uh, you know, like uh, um, theft or any kind of bodily harm to you or your family. So think about that. Uh, we talked about money and, and uh, how it's handled with some of the younger kids. Uh, make sure, you know, my oldest son, he loves a big wallet. This thing looks, it's about, I'm exaggerating, <laughs> but it's its four feet long. It sticks out of his back pocket, and he loves it. Uh, and, you know, that that's obviously, that is a huge target. Uh, it can fall off, uh, fall out, you know, even if it's unintentional, it's a, it's a, a pretty big, uh, risk of losing all that. And of course at 15, you know, sometimes you, you have this, uh, idea that you can, uh, carry as much money as you can in that. And that's not always a good idea either. So, you know, think about those kinds of things. Talk to your kids about them. Uh, it'd be a shame if they if they uh, had can. something happen. You have to. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> I think he was. I think he just constantly thinks that uh, he's James Bond and he might need it uh, to go around the world. You know, so he's he's. Uh, I, I took my kids to Honduras with me in at spring break uh, this past year, and uh, you know that was a big deal there too. In, in Honduras, uh, walking around and. I'm like, yeah, why don't you just give me your passport, son? I don't think I want to lose that. Um, right. But just for keep in mind, uh, kids aren't always thinking about the same things you were thinking about. That's your job as a parent or their guardian or chaperone is to think for them and give them some good coaching in those things. So, okay, so if you have uh, kids of a certain age, especially those teenage years, um, where I guess you know peer pressure and and how you're perceived socially by your peers is a big deal. Of course, you don't want to be dragging uh, those anchors, mom and dad, around with you all through the the fair when you're going to be seeing everybody you know. Right. Um, so how do you handle that as a parent? Because you know your kid wants some space, uh, but I mean sometimes I mean look, there's there's been incidents at the fair before, and sure. uh, you don't want to. You don't want to take a chance on anything like that, obviously. So, like, what is it? What is an age where you could feel like you're safe letting them go and do their own thing at the fair? Yeah, that's a tough question, and it's different for different families because you may have a 15 year old that's very mature. I mean, they can handle themselves. You wouldn't feel, you know, a lot of people put their 15 year olds on planes to go visit family yeah. by themselves and they're just fine. Uh, they, they are more mature in their thought processes. And then you're going to have a 15 year old that acts like a nine year old and doesn't, <laughs> uh, you know, necessarily have all those, uh, all that skill set to do that. You know, my, one of my, uh, great aunts, uh, I believe when my, um, my, uh, grand, great grandfather died, she was the oldest in the family. And I think she was somewhere around 10 or 11. 
And while her mother worked, she took care of about six or seven other kids uh, and became the mother. And we certainly have great examples of where kids really stepped up and did that for their families. And that can happen. I'm not saying that, you know, a 10-year-old wouldn't be an appropriate person at the fair, but with an, an adult uh, maybe coming through there or group of people coming through there wanting to do harm. You just have to think about that. I, I think a graduated responsibility is always a good thing. I mean, we think about responsibility with our kids a lot of times with that. It's a, a certain age that they're all, all of a sudden it's a magical age and now they can, you know, have that license serve in the military. We've talked about that with obtaining a license to drive here Uh, on this program, it's really a graduated responsibility where you can give them a little bit longer leash, a little bit longer leash over time, uh, a little bit more every time. Uh, If you have younger kids that you think can trust to not run away from you, uh, you know, that's fine to maybe you you need to sort of uh, sort of camp out on the periphery and just watch them. Uh, and keeping them within eye contact is is an easy way to do that. Give them little. Make sure that you you give them opportunities where it's safe, so that you can develop that trust in them. Uh, for instance, uh, if they want a drink, uh, and they're uh, even nine or ten, or maybe even younger, you might give them some money and say, "Here, go over there to the booth where you're going to get the drink and order for yourself." Just tell them, and then you can yeah. watch them do that. And it might be 25 yards that you watch them go over there and back. And that's creating that trust that they can do what you're going to tell them to do. They're not going to deviate. They're not going to go to that basketball game. The basketball guys at the fair. If you're listening, I'm sorry. We're just dissing you on your. Nobody's no. Play. It's it's rigged. It's terrible. <laughs> I don't feel sorry for those guys. <laughs> they know it. They're going to face with the basketball. People will go, People will no, go and joking. play those anyway. So uh, biggest <laughs> rip off. It's a bigger rip off than that thing at the pizza place you always go to that has, Jay, the, that has the hands, the claw, and, and you put the it claw. down there. And you, I mean, you can't yep. hit that thing more center and it's like oops i can't pick it up yeah there's always the four-year-old that can do that better than anybody though so so when jy goes to the fair he's not going to get anywhere near (laughs) the basketball goals like he has been barred so there's going to be a big x on him they're going to be throwing basketballs at him the whole time no i just see the the four-star uh the four-star college basketball prospects oh they go for it like he's about to score 40 yeah you know and uh he can't make it because the ball won't go through the hoop that's right it's physics, people. Geometry and physics. The thing's blown up bigger than a beach ball. The hoop is made to be like square almost. It's like, nah, it's not. That's a, that's so a rip off. this is obviously an issue for you. Yeah, maybe you, I need it? to. Jay? I need to come to the clinic, maybe. <laughs> Lay on the couch for a little while and just talk. Yeah. I, get it out. You know, and the, the other thing about, <laughs> back to our topic, the, the other thing about graded responsibility is you don't wait for the big event to test it. So if you can do, of course, the fair is here, but uh, if you can do this beforehand, you know, to different places, you build up those skills in kids to where they can they can do things by themselves over time. I think that's one of the things I see with parents when they ask me about this in clinic is, you know, when can they do this activity by themselves? When can I leave them home by themselves? Well, you want sort of a, you don't want to just pull the trigger and all of a sudden they have to do that. I mean, there are times when they, they have to, but uh, particularly with the, you know, with, around a lot of groups of people, see how they do in department stores, see how they do going to the grocery store when they're smaller. Uh, maybe in the grocery store, you can start to say, Hey, will you go around the corner? You know, which type of milk that we have and get the milk out and bring it back to me. 
that's a big job, say for a seven or eight year old. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, praise them for doing that the right way. You're building up those skills in them that they can have graded responsibility. We call it graded autonomy. And, um, if you do that, particularly in, in early and middle adolescence, so this is key, um, early and middle adolescence, I'm talking about anywhere from about 11 to 12 all the way up through 15 or 16, that age range, uh, they're trying to develop their own autonomy. In other words, who am I apart from my family, apart from my parents, apart from my peers and that's important to develop that. If they skip that, you have problems later on. So if you take away all responsibility for those early and middle adolescents, they either rebel against it and they try to force it uh, in ways that they do risky behaviors. That's why that age range has risky behaviors that they're starting to develop. Or they become so sheltered and, and they don't really want to mess up that they don't develop those autonomy skills that they need, and they're dependent on their family until they're 30. So those are the two scenarios, really, that you might see with if you don't do that. But picking simple tasks that they can do, maybe even before that, that early adolescence, is a good way to build up that. And then when you go to the fair, you'll know, I know my 12-year-old can probably handle themselves with two or three other people, to go down somewhere, they know what to do. You you uh, map out situations for them, coach them through that. What happens if somebody comes up to you and you know points a knife at you or does something like that? What do you do? You know, alert people. What do you stay? You know, stay put. Don't do anything somebody tells you to do. You can develop those skills in your kids and test them on it with non-threatening environments first, and then you'll know when it's time that they can handle themselves. So that's, that's very interesting. Yeah, it's and it's really cool. If you if you start to read about uh, adolescent behavior and normal development, it makes perfect sense. So so I was uh, so I gave a lecture on this uh, with with adolescents uh, to uh, medical students years ago, and I got to thinking about it. It was after it was right around when all the Harry Potter books came out and movies came out. J.K. Rowling, the author of of the Harry Potter series, is she knows exactly about adolescent behavior, normal development. So I sort of equated this to the different movies and uh, and books. So early adolescence is really you know like those first couple of movies uh, that you see. Uh, middle adolescence is really goblet of fire. They're going to a dance. It's all awkward. They have they're starting to to dissolve themselves from their own peer groups, uh, same sex peer groups, and they're but it's, it's it it mirrors that. You have to sort of have a picture of what that looks like. And yeah, there are some kids that are going to be a little behind or a little ahead of their peers. But generally, if you keep those concepts in mind, it'll help you navigate those adolescent waters, which aren't pretty. They're shark-infested waters, but if you know what to expect, we've all seen these divers get out there with the sharks and do just fine. I'm not one of them. Right. But, uh, but, <laughs> but if you know what to expect with your kids with normal behavior, it makes a lot of sense. That's interesting. I, I, I guess I had a situation that kind of organically came about that, that plays into that. I, my, I have twin eight-year-old sons, their older uh, sister, uh, is a cheerleader at mm-hmm. the football game mm-hmm. and uh they one of them wanted to get something to drink and uh their mom handed them a five and said go get it and the concession stand was across the, on the other side of the stadium which and, seems uh, to somebody that age is like a, an, an eternity it's a mile away i can't even <laughs> see straight over there but uh yeah it's, it was at a visiting stadium a place they hadn't been before and uh yeah it was like you know probably 200 yards away 
Uh, and uh, he went over there, and, and it, everything worked out. And he was getting drinks for like three or four people. So um, <laughs> maybe it, make a little tip money. Too. Right. He it worked out, and that was an interesting thing because when she gave him that money and he took off, I was like, hmm, <laughs> this has failure potential. <laughs> but you know, it's a. It's but it a, worked out, and that yeah. was pretty cool. And it at, that reassured me that you know that he's developing in that way. Yeah, yeah. You have to test them in small ways before you can put them out there safely in in arenas and you know of, of doing that and uh driving's the most obvious one you know it's not just even if you pass the test uh driver's test it doesn't mean that you're competent to do everything that you that your it says you can do unfortunately we're talking about all things fair and lots of other issues this morning we would love to hear your fair experience maybe something good that went on or maybe something you learned because of something that went wrong that you'd like to share with people so that they don't have to go through that. You can share that with us this morning by calling one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can email us at kidsandteens at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back after this break. From the Capitol steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio. Catch up on past episodes and hear any of the MPB programs you've missed on the MPB Public Radio app. Available on iTunes and Google Play. Listen live to MPB Think Radio and MPB Music Radio. Search MPB Public Radio. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting. There's a lot to be discovered about Mississippi. Like the little-known places you can visit on a Mississippi road trip. Or where to find a local brewery for a unique experience. Every Friday morning at 10, we take you on an hour-long journey through Mississippi. It's music, cuisine, culture, and history. And you never know where our next stop will be. I'm Mary Margaret Miller. And I'm Sharita Brent. Be sure to join us Friday mornings at 10 for Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. You're listening to Southern Remedy Kids and Teens on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can always email your comments and questions to kidsandteens at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Welcome back to Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. I'm Dr. Jimmy. We're talking about all things fair along with a lot of adolescent developmental tools and tricks that you might can use in your family. The number to call if you have a question or comment about anything that's related to the health of your family is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can email us at kidsandteens at mpbonline.org. 
So let's get to the food. Okay, we've talked about that at the beginning. So lots of things that you can eat at the fair that are not necessarily good for you, but do taste good. Uh, And lots of fried things as well. You know, the question is for a lot of families, what's the healthiest thing to eat at the fair? Uh, And we talked a little bit about that. You know, some of the corn and um, some of the, uh, you know, you can get some healthy things at the fair. You know, I'll tell you what, even the kids that I have that have, you know, I have a lot of adolescents that already have diabetes, that have high blood pressure uh, that's related to diet and, and lack of exercise, maybe family history. And what I tell them is when you have big events, uh, it, it's okay to eat some of those things that aren't healthy for you. Obviously, the fair is not here. It's not here every day of the year. Uh, there's a limited time. Now, you want to still have some discretion. So, you know, for instance, I love I love those turkey legs. Like, I'm serious. Like, I, I that's, that's my thing when I go to the fair is those turkey legs. Uh, it's probably not good anymore for, for Dr. Jimmy to eat the whole turkey leg. Uh, I'm probably going to try. I'll just confess that. But if you are eating something, whether that's pizza, whether that's some of those fried items, uh, make sure you do it in moderation. I mean, that's probably a good thing. Is, are you going to, is it going to, you know, hurt you uh, to eat that if it's, if you're not allergic to it? Probably not. Um, but you want to do things in moderation. So one time is not going to hurt you to do that. You know, if, if it's something that you just can't stop, though, and uh, then you, you want to get away from it. Yeah, we were mentioning uh, uh, last week about uh, dental health and braces, and we mentioned about that taffy or toffee, whichever way you want to pronounce it. Um, it, That is a big issue. There's a lot around the time of the fair. I was just talking to my buddy, Chris Henry, our uh, pediatric dentist and orthodontist that's been on with us a good bit this week about uh, you know how many how many uh, brackets that have been broken by that that toffee, and he says you know you don't even need to know when the fair is here because they have so many kids that come in that break those brackets just because it's really gooey and hard and puts a lot of pressure on those. So keep that in mind. Uh, if they just have to have it, you know it keeps for a long time. It is, you know it is pretty fresh and it's great when they eat it, but uh, you also want to keep in mind that it's, it might harm them in some way, form, or fashion. Allergies are a big deal, too. And at the fair, you never know exactly what somebody is cooking something in. So peanut oil is fairly common in a lot of, uh, a lot of different situations. If your child is allergic for something, make sure you're taking, uh, particularly if it's a food allergy, taking that EpiPen or EpiPen Junior with you to the fair. Um, that can save a life. If they're having any kind of problems, and sometimes you may not be as observant as you normally are with food allergies or any kind of allergy in your child, make sure you're checking in on them from time to time. There are emergency personnel at the fair at all times to help you with that, but it's probably a good idea if you have an EpiPen to take it with you uh, in a bag or, or in, you know, something that you take with you into the fair so that you'll have that in case they do have an allergic reaction. And obviously the biggest thing is to stay away from those products. But, you know, uh, peanuts are pretty plentiful at the fair, though. You can find them in all kinds of different venues, uh, dry roasted peanuts and, and lots of others. So uh, keep that in mind along with those other food allergies. The other thing that you can, uh, you know, because we have so many people that are in one place at the same time, there's a high risk of transmission of diseases from one person to the other. 
Now, in pediatric uh, training, we always used to kid around that uh, we knew when uh, respiratory syncytial virus season or RSV season started because the fair came. And that's about the same time that we start to see an increase in those. That's not the only virus that's going around. It does cause wheezing in some younger individuals. And the flu is another one. So we've already seen a couple of cases of flu and a couple of cases of RSV. It just so happens this is the same time as our Mississippi State Fair. But uh, you can run into transmission at the fair, um, particularly with what you eat, too. Now, uh, there's a lot of regulation around how food is cooked at the fair. Um, those livestock areas, there's pretty low risk of transmission of things, but you never know, particularly with younger kids, what they might get. There are some petting areas of some of those livestock that your kids can, uh, can get up there and pet those animals. You know, in, in my day at the fair, you just petted them and you, you, uh, you rolled your dice about what was going to happen after that. Now they have, uh, they have some, uh, alcohol stations that are there. Uh, the little uh, alcohol gel stations that you can use uh, to clean your hands afterwards. In fact, my oldest son, when he was younger, he did develop a type of diarrhea from E. coli that probably we've sort of traced back to to, uh, to petting some animals at the zoo at the same time. And sometimes those can have long-term complications. Most of the time they're self-limiting, but you definitely can pick up things like E. coli, Salmonella, Shigella, and prevention is probably the best thing to do. If you're going to eat, make sure that you're washing your hands before you eat. And if you're, uh, you know, if you're handling a lot of that, uh, particularly in younger kids, hand, and they're not used to handling a lot of those animals, uh, make sure that you're uh, you're washing their hands before they put them in the mouth. It's always cute to have your uh, two or three year old uh, handle those little uh, those little baby ducks uh, that fall down the slide, and everybody wants a picture of them. Uh, but that kid, when they get uh, that little two and three year old, when they get excited, what are they going to do? They're, a lot of them are going to put their hands in their mouth uh, immediately. So just think about them licking that duck. Uh, and that's about the same exposure that they're going to get. So uh, so try if you can to prevent a lot of that. And uh, But like I said, most of the time they're going to have a good time doing that. But just you just need to be aware of it. So uh, safety with with rides is another big big topic with a lot of people. And if, if you've never been to a fair, um, they are most every fair that I have been to both in the state and out, uh, has certain sections that are sort of, uh, for different ages. So you have the kitty fair section and then you have more of older kid and adult section. And, uh, generally speaking, uh, you know, there are some limitations based on size. So it's sort of like going to Disney world or another amusement park, if you've ever been there, you know that you have to be a certain height to get into some of these rides. That's most of the time that's the way they do these. But do keep in mind, just because it says that they can get on that ride, it may not be the safest ride for them, uh, particularly for some of the motorized rides. Make sure, uh, I've seen a lot, of, a lot of families, you know, if you think back and you say, you know, I had a great time on that ride. I remember the tilt twirl. That was a really fun ride for me or the swings. It may not be the best ride, even if your child can fit on it safely, uh, if they don't want to be on that ride. And it's probably not a good idea to force particularly a young child on there. And it can be dangerous, too. A lot of them, even though there are safety equipment that keep them in the seat, uh, they may struggle against that and get out. 
Um, you know, we've had some instances where kids were hurt doing that. Uh, if you feel unsure about that or your child feels unsure and they're not really ready to do that, don't force it on them. I mean, you want them to have a good time. Worst thing that can happen is it sort of stigmatizes them for the fair in years to come. Let's go to Courtney in Biloxi who has a question or comment about allergies. Good morning, Courtney. Good morning. How are you? Good. Thank you for calling. Of course. Um, you were talking about allergies just a moment ago, and I know earlier in the show you were talking about um, sometimes younger children can go off on their own. Um, and I used to volunteer at a school, and there some of the parents, when the kids went on field trips, they would get little temporary tattoos with the parent's phone number and then an image of any food allergies. So when the kid um, went to go and eat or something like that, they could point and say, like, I can't have this. Oh, that's a great um, and idea. And if they got lost, their phone number was right there on their arm, so they knew who to call. Yeah, that is a great idea, actually. So it was a temporary tattoo that they put on there that they could wash off later? Yeah, and you can go uh, you can go online, and there are lots of guides about how to make them. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, you know, having that there, I know a lot of people don't want that information out necessarily, but if you got a younger child, and, and they can disappear, it's always amazing to me how toddlers can disappear from you and get, uh, and, but if you throw, you know, hundreds, thousands of people around you in situations like that, it's very easy for them to wander off. And that's a great way to identify those emergency contact numbers. So thank you, Courtney, for bringing that to our attention. Uh, go check that out online. Uh, just Google, you know, information with temporary tattoos, and uh, you could probably get that pretty quick or find somebody that does it. No problem. Have a great day. All right. Thank you. So uh, so some of those rides we were talking about that aren't quite safe, um, again, it, check them out beforehand. Um, you, you know, if you th- there's great rides that you can ride with your kid. The slide is, a one, of, is one of them. Uh, but make sure you feel comfortable with that, too. I've seen an equal number of uh, adults that sort of freaked out on those rides and caused some damage to their kids. So check it out beforehand. Maybe you need to ride it before they do just to see. We're going to take one more break, and when we come back, we're going to finish up our discussion about all things fair. Got plenty of times for one or two more callers. If you'd like to call us with any kind of suggestion or question that you might have, the number to call is 1 877 MPB Ring. That's 1 877 672 7464. We'll be right back after this break. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. Coming up this week on MPB's At Issue, texting and driving. It's a problem across the nation. Has the cell phone below the windows, which makes it even worse because you're having to look down. Traffic crashes are causing thousands of deaths. That could cost not just your life, but anyone else's life. Mississippi has a law banning texting and driving, but is the law working? Are your officers writing tickets for texting and driving? No. We take a closer look at texting and driving on At Issue this Friday at 7.30 p.m. on MPB TV. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. 
You're listening to Southern Remedy Kids and Teens on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can always email your comments and questions to kidsandteens at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Welcome back to Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. I'm Dr. Jimmy, and we've been talking about the fair, all things fair with the Mississippi State Fair right around the corner and Mid-South Fair going on in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, lots of other small fairs that go on in time to time in, in uh, smaller towns, but we're really talking about those bigger events this morning. And uh, I got this text from my mom uh, that says that her f- funniest memory so I have a, a sister that's been on the program with me. She is 10 years younger than I am. So uh, I was 14. I think I had put this out of my memory, but now I think I remember it. So when she was four, uh, for her to ride some of these rides, I actually had to get in with her. So I was a long, lanky 14-year-old. So she said her funny, funniest memory was when uh, I had to squeeze my 14-year-old long legs into the kitty car so my sister could ride uh, she said it was pretty funny seeing me go around with my knees up into my chin. I don't remember it that way. I remember a lot of pain afterwards just for the sake of my sister riding. But uh, but that was a fun experience just to go through that. So um, lots of good experiences you can have at the fair as a family together with friends. Uh, there's, there's lots of good opportunities to do that safely. Uh, just need to have a plan and think about some things beforehand. Motion sickness is a big deal. So we got all these rides now that go uh, all kinds of different ways. Uh, rotational movements tend to make us a little motion sickness. Or if the data that our brain is getting from our eyes doesn't quite jive with the data that it's getting from our inner ears, uh, some people are obviously more sensitive to this than others. Um, so, it, you know, may, it's not always clear about who's going to get that beforehand. Now, there's lots of people that would say, okay, you want to be able to ride on a full stomach. You want to eat first and then ride. You know, if you eat some things that are going to cause your stomach to be a little upset, that may not be a good idea. While having a full stomach might help some people, generally speaking, if you eat some things that are you know, going to be a little irritating, uh, maybe increase the acid production in your stomach, uh, that might make you, if you do have motion sickness, a little more prone to, uh, to have some nausea and vomiting afterwards. So just keep that in mind. You might want to postpone uh, eating until after you feel a little bit better. And again, if you know you have that, uh, just keep in mind you're going to be putting yourself at risk for having a good time afterwards. And uh, I've had motion sickness a couple of times on fair rides, uh, and it's not a pleasant experience. And just because you didn't have that as a kid doesn't necessarily mean as an adult that you're uh, you're not going to have it either, particularly if you're not used to those motions. Uh, you can sort of habituate to those and get your, uh, get your brain uh, trained on all that input. Uh, you know, NASA does this with their astronauts a good bit, particularly with uh, zero-G training. But uh, if you're not into that on a daily basis, that's probably not a good idea to jump into it at the fair. It may ruin the rest of your night, although it might make for a good story. So 
all things considered, uh, you know, with with the fair, make sure that you plan and have a good time. Stay together. If you see something that's uh, that's abnormal out there, uh, tell some of the people who are in charge, some of our law enforcement that's going to be present there and have a great time doing that. Some of the Remedy Kids and Teens is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded in part by a grant from University of Mississippi Medical Center and generous support from the members of the Foundation for Public Broadcasting in Mississippi. Today's show was engineered by Jay White. I'm Dr. Jimmy. And you can join us next Thursday at 11 for Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. And stay tuned for NPR's Here and Now coming up next on MPB Think Radio. underwritten by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mississippi. Information on how to make